listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and today we're coming to you live from Hobart and also Bernie. Welcome Ryko from Bernie. Hi Jason, how are you doing? Not too bad, how are you? Yeah, good mate. How's your week been? Oh, it's been pretty good. Um, you, you went over to King Island on the weekend? I did, I did. I had a good time there with, with the people. Right, okay, before we get uh, started and we talk about the uh, topic of the day, um, just tell me one interesting thing about you. Oh, one interesting thing about me. Well, I do have a few hobbies, but uh, I guess the hobby I really enjoy and that I relax doing is taking out my Scaleetrics, which I've been collecting for a few years now. So that's and, uh, uh, electric racing cars. That's right, and it's really cool these days because it's digital. So even though you have two lanes, you can have six cars racing at the same time, and there are sections where you can actually uh, cross from one lane to the other lane by uh, on your throttle by pressing a button. So I've been doing this for a few years, but it's in the boxes at the moment, and you need a bit of space when you take it out. So usually once a year, I'll take it out. And I actually really relax um, building the track, and then I enjoy other people just racing on that track. Oh, that's awesome. So I'm guessing you have plenty of time to uh, to uh, spend, you know, doing your hobby. Oh no, mate! <laughs> I, I wish I did have more time. <laughs> no, no, I'm I'm sure that you're very busy looking after three churches up on the northwest of Tassie. So uh, today I'll just uh, remind you of our number, 0488-880-891. You can text in any questions, comments, feedback, uh, but also later in the program we will have an offer which we will give you some more information about as we go through. So today, uh, Raiko, uh, your, your series is called 3MJ, The Movement, Message and Mission of Jesus, and we've been looking at the final week of Jesus' ministry. Uh, what's today's topic all about? Uh, today we're looking at Jesus Christ, his authority being questioned in the temple. And it's a passage from Matthew chapter 21 we'll be looking at. It is also recorded in Mark 11 and Luke 20, and the accounts there are very identical to Matthew chapter 21. And this event is taking place on Tuesday. And uh, hopefully what we're going to do is we're going to be looking at Matthew 21, and then we're going to springboard and talk about authority where we see that there is delegated authority. You have civil authority, parental authority, and also church or sometimes we refer to it as ecclesiastical authority. Okay, okay. So uh, let's get into it, but uh, would you like to pray uh, before we start? No problems. Dear Father in Heaven, thank you, Lord, that we can talk about authority. Lord, this is such a big topic in the Bible, and I just pray that you will lead us, give us clarity, understanding, give us wisdom from above. Uh, I also pray that you'll bless the person that is listening to this episode. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So today's uh, program, I'll, I'll let you kick it off, Rocco. Well, I just want to quickly talk about what we've already looked at thus far in our previous two episodes because we're looking at Jesus' final week of ministry, events that begin on Sunday and leading up to his crucifixion on the Friday. And thus far, we looked at what happened on Sunday where Jesus said to two of his disciples, pick up the donkey. And uh, this took place in Bethphage. And then you have Jesus' triumphal entry. He's right there on the Mount of Olives. He's on a donkey. People are celebrating and saying, Hosanna to the Son of David. And then Jesus wept. 
and he wept because he knew that one day in the future, the city of Jerusalem, the temple of Jerusalem would be destroyed. But he also wept because the Jewish nation rejected him as the Messiah. And on that Sunday, Jesus goes into the temple. He goes around there a little while. He then comes out and he goes back to Bethany. And then you have the following day. And we covered this last time, which is Monday. As he's traveling from Bethany with his disciples to Jerusalem, do you remember, Jason, what he saw? A fig tree. Yeah, and what was the problem with the fig tree? It had leaves, but it had no fruit. That's right. And Jesus cursed this uh, fig tree. And uh, after that, Jesus went into the temple and he cleansed the temple there because there was things there which was not respectful, which was taking place in the temple. And then Jesus goes back to Bethany. This is Monday. And then on Tuesday... As he is traveling to Jerusalem, they see this fig tree. This is Jesus and the disciples, and it's withered away. And the last time we saw that this tree represents the nation of Israel. And uh, you have this nation of Israel. They were chosen by God, but they do not have fruit. They do not have the fruit of the Spirit. And we talked about this in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23, where the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And, uh, you know, my prayer and hope is that we all have the fruit of the Spirit. And we need to get into our... Uh, our study. So let's go to Matthew chapter 21. And uh, after... after you have this story of this withered fig tree. Jesus is going to go into the temple in Jerusalem. So, Matthew chapter 21. Okay, I've opened my Bible. And Jason, can you read verse 23? Sure. It says, Now when he came into the temple, the chief priests and the elders of the people confronted him as he was teaching and said, By what authority are you doing these things? And who gave you this authority? There's a lot of things here that we need to touch on and look at. But it mentions here authority. It says here, by what authority are you doing these things? And who gave you this authority? Now, before we look at this verse a little bit closer, Jason, when you hear the word authority, how does it make you feel? Well... I guess it, it can be mixed feelings. I know when I was younger, I had a, a bit of an issue with authority and uh, <laughs> teachers and things like that. So sometimes we can feel um, under duress and not, not under free will. But uh, I guess in another context, um, sometimes we need the authority and, you know, say police, for example, are there to protect us and our government is there to uh to set, um, you know, the directions of our countries and towns and cities and what have you. So, I guess uh, mixed feelings. <laughs> I, I really appreciate and like your answer because I asked the question, how do you feel about uh, when you hear the word authority? And, and I was going to follow up with a question, and you kind of answered this. Uh, uh, my question was going to be, you know, does it give you a warm, fuzzy, cuddling feeling? I don't really think so. Not, no, um, not entirely. <laughs> <laughs> or, or is there a little chill that goes down your spine? And, and you mentioned some authority figures like police, 
men and you have teachers, you have government officials, you have politicians. And I remember back in the past, and this is going back some 20 years ago, uh, when I was studying up in Queensland at Central Queensland University, at that stage I was studying sociology, the systematic study of human society. And one of my classes was political sociology. And uh, I'll, I'll never forget the joke was always this, uh, when does a politician lie? And the answer was, well, when he opens his mouth. <laughs> that that uh, may be the case for some, but I'm hoping that not all are like that. No, no. And, and there's also parents, they have authority. And there's also, uh, when it comes to religion and the church, and as I mentioned, I'll talk about civil, parental, and church authority um, later on. But I also want to mention this. Authority is the core issue in the great controversy. And later on, I want to expound on this. This is where you have good versus evil. You have Jesus versus Satan. But I think a very important thing also is to define the word authority. How would you define the word authority, Jason? I'm putting you on the spot here. You are. Um, I guess with a certain level of power and uh, sort of a, 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 a a built-in power. It's not something necessarily that uh, I guess there's two types of authority too. There's sort of that, you know, when somebody walks into the room, they just have this sense of authority, whereas others are given delegated authority. So it depends on which authority you're talking about. I'm going to let you finish the definition off because I can't do much better than that. <laughs> oh, mate, I think you're doing really well. Um, I've got a few words here. Authority, permission to exercise power. Mm -hmm. It is the power to give orders to people. There is also the word authoritarian. This is one who exercises power without permission. Mm -hmm. And then you have the word authoritative, having or proceeding from authority. And I remember a few years ago, I, um, I was part of a leadership training and it was all of us pastors and there was this person from America talking about authority and leadership. And I'll never forget what he said. He said, authority is never owned. Authority is only loaned. And uh, authority can also be abused. And uh, probably before we go for the break and, and have our song, I want to just read something from 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 18. It says this. This is what Paul wrote to the church of Corinth. What is my reward then? That when I preach the gospel, I may present the gospel of Christ without charge, that I may not abuse my authority in the gospel. My point is here that Paul recognized and he knows that authority can even be abused when it comes to preaching the gospel. And if this can happen in a sense of religion and church, it can happen when it comes to civil authority or parental authority and uh, even authority in the school as well. Okay. So, that's a good place to take a break, I think. And uh, we'll just uh, remind our listeners that you can contact us anytime, 0488 Text us in your questions or comments or feedback. And, uh, yeah, later on the program we'll share our offer for today as well. This uh, beautiful song, Above All, by Michael W. Smith. It's a fantastic track. I hope you enjoy. It's also relevant to uh, our topic today. Above all powers, above all kings, above all nature, 
and all created things above all wisdom and all the ways of man you were here before the world began above all kingdoms above all thrones above all wonders the world has ever known above all wealth and treasures of the earth there's no way to measure what you're worth Smith. It's a beautiful piece of music.
So, Raiko, what were we talking about? We were talking about the authority of which Jesus was teaching and the uh, the chief priests and elders confronting him and asking him by what authority was he doing various things. So uh, where would you like to go now with this discussion? Well, I want to go back to Matthew 11, and, uh, sorry, 11, 21, and verse 23. Uh, I'll read that again. And it says here, Now when he, that's Jesus, he came into the temple, the chief priests and elders of the people confronted him as he was teaching and said, By what authority are you doing these things? And who gave you this authority? And uh, in our previous section before the break, before the song, uh, we looked at this word authority and defined this word authority. And uh, Jesus is in the temple and when you look at Luke's account, it mentions that he not only was teaching there, he taught, but he preached the gospel in the temple. And you had chief priests here in Matthew's account. It mentions that and also the elders. And when you look at uh, Mark and Luke's account, it also mentions the scribes. And this is interesting. These are the Jewish religious leaders. The chief priests for the the big part, they were actually known as the Sadducees. They were part of this group, uh, the Sadducees. And you have the scribes, for the most part, they were the Pharisees. So here you have the Pharisees, you have the Sadducees, you have the elders together. What amazes me is that the chief priests and the scribes, or the Sadducees and the Pharisees, they had differences in ideology and theology, but they had a common enemy. And that Mm. common enemy was Jesus Christ. They really wanted to kill him. They really wanted to destroy him. And uh, we see that Jesus' authority is being questioned here. There were two questions here uh, that they asked. And the first question is, by what authority are you doing these things? And who gave you this authority? So looking at this first question, it says, by what authority are you doing these things? That would lead me to ask another question. What things? Yeah, of course. And I guess, uh, yeah, I'll I'll let you explain that, but I'm guessing it's to do with uh, his miracles and other things like that. Right. This is coming now towards the end of Jesus' ministry. His ministry is three and a half years. And remember, this is taking place on Tuesday, and just a few days earlier, you have on Sunday, Jesus is on a donkey, uh, and we studied this as Jesus' triumphal entry. He's on the Mount of Olives. You have this great multitude saying, Hosanna to the Son of David. They are celebrating. They are praising Jesus. They think that Jesus is he's going to deliver them from Roman oppression because they believed he was going to come as a king, and, and he is king, but he didn't come to establish his kingdom of glory at that time. And uh, you had Pharisees that were there. And remember, they were not happy because they said to Jesus, Oh, rebuke these people who are praising you. And he said to them, Well, if they're quiet and silent, immediately the stones will cry out. But then the following day on Monday, remember what happened in the temple? Jesus cleansed the temple. Yeah, he tossed out all the uh, money changers and what have you. Yeah. You think that the Pharisees and Sadducees and the Jewish religious leaders, they were happy with this? No. Of course not. And then you had kids, children in the temple uh, praising Jesus and saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Mm. And this would have 
been re-echoing, uh, sorry, echoing and re-echoing right there in the temple. And they were, they would have been upset. And now Jesus is in the temple and he is teaching. He's teaching and he's preaching the gospel. And they're going, by what authority are you doing these things? Uh, and who gave you this authority? See, this first question, what authority are you Doing this, one person said, This is asking for justification of Christ's works. And the second question, Who gave you authority? It is asking for justification of Christ's identity. Mm-hmm. So, really, the question is, you know, where is this source of authority coming from? Who gave you this authority? Um, you know, where is this authority deriving from? Let me ask you a question, Jason. Have you ever been pulled over by a police officer? Unfortunately, yes, a few times. A few times. And uh, you've been tested for... Yeah, I was going to say often for, um, you know, the random drug and alcohol testing, but uh, occasionally for other reasons. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And uh, thanks for being honest. (laughs) And when the police officer pulls you over, um, does he have the authority to do that? Yes. So where does he derive his authority from? I guess from his position uh, from the the government who who provides the authority to our police force who who then delegate that authority. Thanks, mate. You are totally right. So there's a government that passes laws. Now I want you to just keep this in mind. So you're travelling in your car. Maybe your car's about thirteen hundred kilometers, uh, kilometers, thirteen hundred <laughs> uh, kilograms to fifteen hundred kilograms in in weight. And the police officer is only 100 kilograms. And he's waving to you to pull over. Mm. And uh, he has the authority to do that. But let's say you defy authority and go, well, I'm not going to pull over. I'm just going to go straight into him. Now, who do you think is going to win in that collision? Well, uh, the car. (laughs) The car, definitely. Obviously. Okay, it's a no-brainer. The the car's going to win. And uh, this is my point that running the running over the officer it's like as though you are running over every officer all authority is being threatened and you're breaking the law mm. yeah jason where where does our, our authority come from where does our authority come from in what context you've got to give me a bit more context mm. Probably that was not the best question. (laughs) Um, What I probably should have asked is this. Who is the source of authority? I guess as a believer, we believe that God is the source. Yes. And uh, there are two Bible verses that I can read for you um, where God is the source of authority. The first one is in Romans 13, verse 1. It says this, Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. And uh, keep in mind that when you read this word authority in the New Testament, it is the Greek word exousia, which can mean also authority, and sometimes it's translated as power, but it really means authority or jurisdiction and right. And in Colossians chapter 1 and verse 16, it says this, For by him, that's by Jesus, by God, all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities, and then it says, or powers. And that's the Greek word exousia, which means authority. All things were created through him and for him. So, really, the source of authority is God. God mm. created authority. Yeah. 
Uh, let's go back to Matthew chapter 21, and can you please read verse 24 and 25, please? But Jesus answered and said to them, I will also ask you one thing, which if you tell me, I likewise will tell you by what authority I do these things. The baptism of John. Where was it from? From heaven or from men? Stop there. Okay, I'm just going to stop you there and pause there for a minute. And we'll read later on verse the rest of verse 25. But remember, Jesus was questioned. Oh, where do you get your authority from? How do you do these things? By what authority? How does Jesus respond, Jason? He asks a question. <laughs> <laughs> I think he often did that, didn't he? He did. He often did this. Um, one time, and this is going to sound really bad, but uh, I was studying at Avondale College, and the lecturer asked a question, and I responded back with a question, and he wasn't too happy, and then I said, well, Jesus always answered the Pharisees back with a question. <laughs> uh, I don't think that was really nice of me. I was being a bit smart there. Yeah. But this is actually really important. See, Jesus understands the culture here. He understands the background. See, usually when there were rabbinical debates, when you're dealing with these Jewish religious leaders, if they would ask a question, you would respond back with a question which was supposedly designed to point the way to the answer of the original question. Mm-hmm. And, and Jesus adopted this. So Jesus asked them a question. The baptism of John, was it from heaven or from men and if they were able to answer this question then they would understand where his authority comes from and I just want to talk about John the Baptist very quickly here we don't have time to open up the Bible to Matthew chapter 3 but in Matthew chapter 3 I I truly believe that John the Baptist's authority did come from God um, because It mentions there in Matthew chapter 3 and verse 3 how there's the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. And this was a quotation from the book of Isaiah that John the Baptist fulfilled. Uh, Matthew was quoting from Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 3. And we also know that Isaiah, sorry, not Isaiah, but John the Baptist, he he saw Jesus and he said, Behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. He said that twice in John chapter 1. Um, verse 29 and 36. But in Matthew 3, and this is taking place three and a half years before this section here we're reading in Matthew 21, you have the Pharisees were present there when John the Baptist was preaching and when he was baptizing people, and he even rebuked them. He said, you brood of vipers. See, they never, the Pharisees and the Jewish religious leaders, they never endorsed, they never endorsed um, John the Baptist's ministry. Did they endorse Jesus' ministry? No, they did not. No, they didn't. Um, Can you read, please, verse 25 and verse 26, please? Sure. So, the baptism of John, where was it from? From heaven or from men? And they reasoned among themselves, saying, If we say from heaven, he will say to us, Why then did you not believe him? But if we say from men, we fear the multitude, for all count John as a prophet. Mm. Thank you, Jason. In verse 25 there, it says, And they reasoned among themselves. Mm. I just want you to get this picture. Jesus is questioning them. 
well, first of all, they questioned Jesus, and then Jesus questioned them, and then they reasoned among themselves. It's almost like they went away somewhere in the temple, and they had this little huddle. Mm. I just want you to picture like um, those uh, American football teams when they have a huddle before they <laughs> make their next move, yeah. or they make their next offensive, um, their next um, offensive move, and uh, they all need to be on the same page, right? Yeah, and. Uh, how many chief priests, elders, and scribes were there? I don't know the answer to that. Yeah, the, the Bible doesn't tell us. No. Okay, The Bible doesn't tell us. But it does mention chief priests, which is plural. So you yes. have to have at least Multiple. two or more. Yeah. You have scribes, which is plural, which yep. is two or more. And you have um, elders. the elders, yep. which is plural, which is two or more. So just picture at least six. Now, I believe there were more. Okay? Yeah. But imagine there's six, and they need to come to the same page, and they need to be united. Now, there's good unity, but there's also bad unity. And it says here in verse 26, But if we say from men, we fear the multitude, for all count John as a prophet. Yeah. (laughs) They really feared the other... They feared the crowds. They feared the crowd. Mm. And uh, before we go for the break... Uh, and have the song. I want to read a statement from the book Desire of Ages, page 594. I've been quoting from this book for the last couple of weeks. And notice what it says. Desire of Ages, page 594. With intense interest, the multitude awaited the decision. This is the decision of the chief priests, scribes, and elders. They knew the priest had professed to accept the ministry of John. This is John the Baptist. So just because they professed this does not mean they believed it. Mm. And then it says, And they expected them, this is the crowd, to acknowledge without a question that he was sent from God. But after conferring secretly, after they got into their huddle and they reasoned, the priests decided not to commit themselves. And when I read this statement, I say to myself, these leaders really have no backbone. And someone taught me this a long time ago. Make a decision. Even if it's a bad one, make a decision. And in this case, they really their, their lack of belief was to do with the fact that John claimed that Jesus was the one, the Messiah, the the one that people were waiting for. And of course, if they had if they believed John, they would have had to believe in Jesus as well. So, I guess that's um, why they they really didn't want to go down that path. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, um, The Desire of Ages, you just quoted from, that is our giveaway book today. And uh, we'll give you the code in the next section. Um, but, uh, yeah, we'll we'll tell you a bit more about the book Desire of Ages. You've uh, heard a couple of quotes uh, today and in previous episodes. Let's go to the song. This one is called Meekness and Majesty by Graham Kendrick. Washes our feet. Oh, I am the 
pure radiance, perfect in innocence, yet learns obedience to death on a cross, suffering to give us life, conquering through sacrifice, and as they crucify, praise Father forgive. Oh, what a mystery! God the invisible, love indestructible, in frailty appears. Lord of infinity, stooping so tenderly, lifts our humanity to the heights of His throne. Powerful song, Raiko, Meekness and Majesty. Now, just before the break, we were talking about the Desire of Ages. I just want to read a a sentence of description about the book. It says, The Desire of Ages is a proven source of inspiration and enlightenment to millions of readers all over the world, and with good reason, for it deals with a universal yearning, the desire for living life to its fullest, with the knowledge that we are here for a reason, that we are loved. That sounds like a book worth reading, Raiko. <laughs> yes, thank you for that, Jason. Well, Jason, let's let's continue. And uh, yeah, time just keeps on flying. And uh, last time we saw before the music uh, break, we saw how Jesus he questioned these Jewish religious leaders. And uh, let's see how they responded. Can you read Matthew chapter twenty-one and verse twenty-seven? I can. So they answered Jesus and said, We do not know. And he said to them, Neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things. Thank you, Jason. It says here in the New King James Version, We do not know. I think the King James Version says, We cannot tell. It's interesting. It sounds like an agnostic. They don't have knowledge. And In the book Desire of Ages, on page 594, it mentions how scribes, priests, and rulers were all silenced, baffled and disappointed. They stood with lowering brows, not daring to press further questions upon Christ. By their cowardice and indecision, they had in a great measure forfeited the respect of the people who now stood by, amused to to see these proud, self-righteous men defeated." Um, in, in another book I read, in Christ's Object Lessons, on page 274, it says there, We cannot tell. 
or as these Jewish religious leaders said, oh, we don't know where this authority is coming from. And this book tells us uh, this answer was a falsehood, but the priests saw the position they were in and falsified in order to screen themselves. The question is really this, where does Jesus' authority come from? And there's a few option, options. There's the option that it comes from God, or number two, it comes from himself, or number three, from some outside source, some human being. Now, Jason, where do you think his authority came from? Well, I believe his authority came from God. That's God right. The Father. Yeah, God the Father, and you have the Godhead. They all cooperate together. But still, if, if Jesus answered their question and said, well, my authority comes from God, do you think they would be convinced, these Jews? Well, no, they, they despised him, so I don't think that would have changed their mind. No, and I think it's in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. It's either verse 21 or verse 22 where the Jews, they seek after a sign. They would have probably still said, well, if you're from God, you know, if your authority is coming from God, then give us a miracle, give us a sign. Jesus had already done many miracles in the last three and a half years of his ministry leading up to this point. And if he said, oh, my authority comes from myself, then they would have dismissed it and probably seen him as a fraud and a lunatic. Now, earlier I mentioned that authority is the core issue in the great controversy. And uh, I would love to open up the Bible to Isaiah chapter 14. We don't have time, but there it talks about it talks about Lucifer. And Lucifer, well, he made a devil out of himself. Lucifer was a perfect angel. He was created by God until iniquity was found in him. That is iniquity, that is sin, it is rebellion. You read this in Ezekiel chapter 28. And where was authority first time challenged, Jason? I guess it was actually Lucifer himself challenging God. You know, he wanted to be equal with God. Right. And he wanted to be like God. He wanted to be like the Most High. Um, He even said, I will. I will sit. Uh, He wanted to sit on the throne of God. And if you're sitting on the throne, (laughs) you're having, well, you think you have authority. And uh, Lucifer and his sympathizers up in heaven, before he was cast out of heaven, he was really striving to reform or change the government of God. And uh, Lucifer rebelled against the authority of God. And what we see happening here in Matthew chapter 21, you have Jesus is being questioned in the temple. And... uh, Up in heaven, Satan was questioning Jesus and God. And down on earth, Satan has agents. And they are questioning Jesus in the temple. Up in heaven, Satan wanted to reform the government of God. While down on earth, you have this Jewish religious system. It's influenced by Satan. It's man-made teaching wanting to reform the word of God. And they also added traditions which are not found in the scripture. But I do want to talk about... um, three things here, and that is uh, before we finish this episode, and I want to springboard from here and talk about that the Bible does talk about parental authority, it does talk about civil authority, and it also talks about church authority. And uh, let's open our Bibles quickly to Ephesians chapter 6, Ephesians chapter 6, and as I'm opening the Bible there, I'm going to get you to read uh, Ephesians chapter 6 and verses 1 to 4, but I'm just going to quote the fifth commandment. Um, You've got 10 commandments in Exodus chapter 20, and in Exodus chapter 20 and verse 12, you have the fifth commandment which says, 
Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God is giving you. Um, can you read Ephesians chapter 6 and verses 1 to 4, please? Sure. And uh, I didn't mention before, but I am using the New King James Version for my uh, passages today. So this is Ephesians 6, 1 to 4. It says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. And you, fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. Thank you, Jason. It says here in verse 1, children obey your parents how? In the Lord. Yes. In the Lord. See, there is parental authority, but parental authority can also be abused if it is not in the Lord. Sure. Let me ask a question, and uh, I, I want to rather set this point now than later. What comes first, parental authority or God's authority? God's authority, in my perspective. <laughs> Definitely, God's authority. And, and, and whatever we're talking about, parental, civil, or church authority, it's, it's, I believe it still needs to be conducted under the will of God and the principles um, of God's Word, and it's in harmony with God's Word, not to contradict God's Word. So there is parental authority. Um, some people might be asking the question, well, when it comes to kids, um, you know, what's the age of accountability? Mm. I don't have an answer for that. I really don't. I was talking about this with a friend a few weeks ago, but he said, well, maybe it's 12 or 13. This was the time where uh, you have a child, uh, a boy uh, going into manhood, according to the Jewish culture. It was around 12 or 13, I think they call it bar mitzvah. And uh, before that time, really, I've read a statement where parents, they actually stand in the place of God to their children. Okay, that, that's an yeah. important point. Uh, another important point is that when there is contempt for parents or there's no respect for parental authority, you know, this will soon lead to having contempt for the authority of God. Okay. And so uh, if you have respect for your parents, this usually leads to also um, having respect for God. And uh, the Bible says in Second Timothy chapter 3, Right there in the beginning, Paul wrote to Timothy, But know this, that in the last days perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, boasters, proud, blasphemous, and then it says disobedient to parents. Mm. Um, And uh, I'm sure we can go on for another hour talking about children and parental authority and and respect. But my big point is this. I think it's important to respect your parents, as it says, in the Lord. There's also a promise attached to that, and that is you'll live long. So if you want to live long, (laughs) respect your parents. Uh, And uh, I want to get to the next point. Do we have time to talk about civil authority, Jason? Uh, We're running out of time, but let's see if we can do it quickly. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Um, we won't open up the Bible to Romans chapter 13, uh, and you can read this in your own time, verses 1 to 6, but it talks about how you've got civil authority, and uh, they are to minister to you, or to, they're your servant, and you should not be a, uh, you should be, well, it talks about being unafraid, or not afraid, when it comes to civil authority, Um, and, and obviously, if we follow the laws of the land, we're talking about the laws of the land. If we follow the laws of the land, 
then, of course, that means that we shouldn't have fear of those authority, um, you know, pe- people like police and, and others. Exactly, exactly. And it even mentions paying taxes there. And remember, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 21, later on in the Tuesday, he talks about, he was questioned whether we should be paying taxes to Caesar. Yes. And he said, yes, render to Caesar the things which are Caesar's. And you think about the Roman Empire. That was the time, during the time of Jesus, that was when Paul wrote Romans 13 verses 1 to 6. This was a vicious, pagan uh, empire, cruel, uh, persecuted God's people. And yet, we see that God has appointed civil authority. But again, stressing the point that God's authority comes above civil authority and the bible says in acts chapter 5 verse 29 we ought to obey god rather than man and god gave us parental authority because we are to submit to god as our heavenly father he also gave us earthly civil governments to submit to because he's going to be our head of state when we get to heaven and uh, well if we don't learn that here how are we going to learn that up in heaven and there are people who are always criticizing civil authority i think we should pray for them more yeah, sure. Yeah, they're our leaders and we, we should be praying for them, for sure. Well, let's take a break. And uh, this song is called The Power to Redeem, and it's by Lauren Daigle and All Songs and Daughters, All Sons and Daughters, should I say.
to redeem now we've been talking about this offer of the desire of ages and i just want to give you the code now the code for the book the desire of ages is 3mj number one 3mj and the number one so it's the digit three the letters m and j and then the number one just all one word 3mj for the desire of ages and i'll just uh, read you one more little thing about the book it says this devotional classic by ellen white tells the life story of the greatest spiritual leader the world has ever known jesus christ it does not merely set down a series of remote events it presents the meaning of them so vividly that you will feel like you're an eyewitness to what is being described And in these pages, you will understand possibly for the first time the true underlying significance of Christ's deeds and their bearing on your own life here and now. So I do encourage you, if you are interested in getting that book, it's really um, very much related to what we're talking about here, The Life of Jesus. And the code is 3MJ1 and the phone number 0488 880891. So uh, just uh, finishing up today, Raiko, what have we got to uh, to finish with? We're talking about the authority of the church, I think, was where we were wanting to go. Was that right? Yes. Um, there's a passage in Scripture in Matthew chapter 18, verses 15 to 18, where it says that if you have a problem with someone, go to them. And if they're not willing to listen, then take two or three witnesses with you. Well, if if you can't work it out, um, then, then you take it before the church, and uh, and if that person refuses to listen to the church, and uh, you're trying to deal it from that level, then that person is like a heathen and tax collector. So here we see that the church has authority, and also the Bible says um, in Matthew 18 verse 18, Jesus said, "Assuredly I say to you, whatever is." Whatever is bind on earth or bound on earth will be bound up in heaven, or whatever is decided here on earth will be decided up in heaven, and whatever you loose or you dissolve on earth will be loosed or dissolved in heaven. And we see that Jesus, he gives special authority to the church. But again, this is to go in harmony with the principles of God's word. Yeah, exactly. So ultimately, God sits above all things, as that first song said. Uh, it sits above our parents, it sits above our governance, it sits above 
um, the church itself. So as long as those things are in harmony with the authority that God actually grants to the others, then we need to accept the authority of those entities as well. Right, and, and that's such a great song, Above All Nations, Above All Powers. And uh, one of the takeaways we can take away from here is, remember, it was the Jews that were questioning Jesus' authority. And prior to Jesus coming into the temple on that Tuesday, he walked past that uh, fruitless and withered fig tree. And it had no fruit. It, 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 and we talked about it didn't have, the Jews did not have the character of God, of love and joy and peace. All these things you find in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23. There's nine character traits there. And what I've realized is that sometimes people who do not have the character of God, this transitions into them questioning whether it's civil authority, parental authority, church authority. So the takeaway I really want to um, uh, share is and encourage is that, again, let's go back to having the character of God. And when we have the character of God, God will give us wisdom in knowing how to deal with, let's say, civil authority, church authority, parental authority. Yeah, sure. Well, it's been uh, an interesting lesson and certainly something we need to think about in terms of how we respond to our governing authorities, whoever they may be. Um, now, Raiko, next week, next Wednesday, you're joining us again. What's your topic for next week? We're going to look at the parable of the two sons. Okay. That's uh, nice and short and simple. I'm not going to uh, ask you any more about that. We'll have to wait and see what that's all about. Um, <laughs> if you obviously know the uh, the Gospels, you might have an idea. But uh, if not, we'll discover that next week. Now, tomorrow's program is with Peter Watts. He's been running a series on searching for certainty. Does God exist? And tomorrow is his third episode titled, Does My Life Matter? And I think that's a really important question that many people ask ourselves. Does my life matter? So I hope you can join us tomorrow. I hope your day is a good one. Raiko, thank you for joining us today. It's been a fascinating study into this topic of Jesus' authority, but also the ultimate authority that God gives other uh, entities as well. So I hope we've all learned something. I certainly have. And uh, we look forward to you joining us next week.